0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Excel Still More Podcast. I'm still your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and I'm glad you've joined. The program continues to be sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John is a good friend, and he's helped me and my family in everything from stock and mutual fund investing to annuities, life insurance, and retirement planning. I certainly commend him to you. If you have needs in any of those areas, you can reach him at 615 615- Thank you again for your ongoing encouragement and support. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I'm super thankful that you're here. As I mentioned, I think last week when routines get mixed up in the summer, generally podcast listeners go down. So if you're here, it's because you're really committed, you're a diehard listener, or you're a friend. So thank you for being a part of this. So, there's this super simple idea that has been growing in me throughout this year that has really taken form. And I want to share what that looks like with you today. You've heard it just a little bit here and there in the last few episodes, but I think I'm ready to make a full out pitch. So, today we're going to adapt and apply Carnegie's ageless, worry free advice of living in daytime increments on a whole nother level. But before we bust into that, I need to tell you about something that is special to me, my good friend Kenny Embry, who hosts a great podcast, Balancing the Christian Life. And by the way, you really should check it out. Great interviews, tremendous content. But last summer, he did the first annual Balancing the Christian Life conference. It is a three-day online event. He lines up a bunch of different speakers. They cover a variety of topics. It's all digital and visual. Oftentimes, they're live during those three days, and you can interact with them, and it went really well last year. I was super thankful to get to be a part of it. And as much work as it was for Kenny, and it was a tremendous amount of work, he has geared up to do it again this year. He's lined up a bunch of speakers. Many are back for a second time. I'm glad to be back for a second time. He's enlisted new speakers, male and female, great topics. And I just want to invite you to check it out. I will put a link to that conference in the show notes. There is also a great Facebook group called Balancing the Christian Life. You can find out a lot about it there. There is some cost to you to become a part of it, but look, I've never seen any money from that. I'm not asking for any. Most of the speakers aren't. It's mainly about the technology that goes into the project, covering expenses, and I hope Kenny is getting something for the copious amount of hours he's putting into it. So that event is coming up this month, July 27th through 29th. You can watch live, interact live. You'll have access to the videos for later. I think there is a free entry point for it as well. So there's something for everyone. This is spiritual content based in the scripture, applicable to families. And again, just click the link in the show notes and give it a look. Thanks for listening on that. Okay, so today, I just want to share something with you that's so simple, but it's becoming increasingly special, really a part of the way that I think every morning, and it's made every day just a little bit more focused, and in that way, more productive and valuable. So a few minutes ago, I referenced Andrew Carnegie's 20th century masterpiece, Stop Worrying and Start Living, and in it, probably the best piece of advice is to live in day tight increments. Now, while not all of us do that, there's certainly nothing new about it. I've talked about it in many episodes. The idea of one day at a time, seize the day, make today great, build your future one day at a time. You've heard all of that. But there's no doubt about it. That continues to be difficult for some people. Some are very much caught up in the past. They wake up in the morning looking backwards. They feel inequipped to do anything today because of things in the past that they can't do anything to change. Others are looking into the future, which most of us would admit is better at least. You're looking forward to what is to come, but there can be anxieties associated with what you need to come to pass or what you're trying to force to come to pass, and then you end up wasting the day trying to build towards something that may never happen or may not be near as good as you think it is if it does. And I think it's usually in that context that we tell people to seize the day. We are usually looking forward to some goal that is yet to come, and instead of being overwhelmed by that or it's seeming unachievable or insurmountable, we give counsel in this way. We say, look, one day at a time, you can get there. There is a level to which you're trying to get. It is a series of small steps, and each day is one of those steps. We usually package it in terms of what you can manage. Wherever you're trying to get, you can take the right step today. Everybody through prayer and faith and focus can do the right thing through a 24-hour period. Get that right. And then you wake up tomorrow and you live that one day at a time and you get it right and it starts to build towards something. As you'll hear today, I'm a lot less excited about that approach to the reason you're living today than I was in the past But I have to admit, I was all in on this in the past. I remember doing an episode to start the new year a couple of years ago called Building Your Ladders. The idea that you look somewhere in the future, six months or 12 months or two years, and you see this platform where you can visualize yourself being, and you have to know what better looks like to ever get there, and then you need to build a ladder. And the two sides of the ladder, that's God's providence giving you something upon which to build, and you pray about that but each rung you build by using time consistently. So maybe there's 12 rungs, and so you, you build one per month, and then you repeat in February and do the same exact thing in March, and you can even break that down into weeks or days. Examples on this are plentiful. I'll give you a few just in case you don't like where I'm actually going today. Maybe you'll like this. Maybe this is what you needed to hear But there's also nothing new about it. Let's take the four F categories that we kicked off ESM with five years ago. Let's say fitness, you want to lose 20 pounds. How do you do that? The only way you get there is today you don't eat carbs. And then tomorrow you live the day well without carbs. And you just stack well-lived days. And I do like that idea. Well-lived days, controlled days on top of each other. And that's how you get where you want to go. If it's a finance issue and you're trying to get out of debt, then you make your own coffee on a Monday. You don't spend $5 at Starbucks or wherever, or you just take a day off of Amazon, and then you get up tomorrow and you repeat that. And by living each day wisely, you're ultimately going to be in better financial condition. This is certainly true of friendships. You cannot repair a damaged marriage overnight, but you do it in daytight increments. Today, I show kindness. Tomorrow, I show kindness. And then it begins to kind of exponentially multiply like money does, and it turns into something amazing. Obviously, this is true with faith. If you want a better relationship with God, you can't just go buy one. He doesn't just fill you with one. But you get up in the morning and you say, I'm going to talk to God and listen to God and try to plan out something to do in the name of God, and I'm just going to try to repeat those simple things day after day And before you know it, you know things, or you rely on God in a better way, or you feel more spiritual in your walk. Again, all of that works really well, and I think there's a way to reattach it to today's point, but if you think about it, it relegates any given day to just a step, just a tiny little seemingly insignificant sliver of the puzzle you're trying to piece together. I mean, yeah, that's better than just wasting the days, making nothing out of them and no progress. Everybody knows that. But aren't they worth more than just being a stepping stone to some future? That, again, you may end up not loving or, for reasons out of your control, not achieving. So to help with that, I've started using lifetime language. And I'm pretty excited to flesh it out with you a little bit. I know I've mentioned it in at least one previous episode in passing, probably two or three But as we get into it today, and I try to detail it for you, I want you to go on this ride with me, even if it doesn't make sense at first or feel comfortable, because I think there's value there for you. The basic premise is this, every day is its own lifetime. Now, I know that's not literally true, but think about the design of each day compared with the human life. Each new day begins with you coming out of the darkness and into consciousness. You awaken with as much energy, likely, as you will have for the entirety of the day. You begin by getting the nourishment that you need and acclimating yourself to what is before you, and then you go out and you live it. You make choices for yourself and others. You interact with other people. You allocate your time, precious time, to things that fit some priority scale for you. There never seems to be enough energy or time to get to everything in a given day. But regardless of how you use it, it does in fact come to an end. The sun goes down, your energy is depleted, and the lights go out. Isn't that a fairly accurate microcosm of what an entire lifetime is? No matter how long you live it, you come into consciousness, you learn, you grow, you get nourished, you're filled with energy, and then you launch out and you engage in whatever mental or physical or spiritual things that draw your attention, you make choices, you make sacrifices, and it all goes by far too quickly. There's never enough time, never enough energy to do everything, and eventually, like it or not, the energy runs low, the activity ceases, and you leave this life behind. But for me, it's a lot more than just this interesting comparison between the two, and yeah, they're a lot alike. There's so much more to see here. Let me share something super obvious with you and see if you can make a connection. So I think it's true that each individual day is a lot like the entire arc of a lifetime, but they also have an inseparable relationship because your lifetime, wherever you are in it or however long it will last, is just a string of those days. So here's what I've been working on. If I can get you to back up and look at your lifetime and talk about what matters most and how you want things to be balanced. Maybe you can look at what has been happening, or is happening, or will happen. But for today, I just want you to think about the ideal balance of your life. If I was living this life the best way I knew how, here's what it basically will look like, then you will have an incredible tool to direct the way you live each and every day that you're here. So let me fashion it in this way. If you were at the end of your lifetime looking back and you believed you had lived it really, really well, what would make it so? What kind of balance would there be? Let me express a few things from my point of view, since I'm the one in front of a microphone today, and I'll use some of the same old 4F language that we've known for a really long time. I hope when I look back over my life that I see that it was centered on God. That at every stage, I found my way back to God. In the mature years of my life, when I knew what I was doing, I hope that God and I were in a close relationship and that He became the initial thought in everything that I did. I would want to live a lifetime knowing the Lord. I want to know what He taught. I want to know what it's like to be filled with the Spirit. I want to go into His throne room often and know that I live in the palm of His hand. In truth, at the end of my life looking back, I could tell you that if I got nothing else right, I need to get that right. Would you agree with that? The second and third thing for me is family and friendship. I certainly hope when we look back on the balance of my life that I spent adequate time with my spouse, loving her, learning more about her, and helping her. And I hope that I look back and think that I devoted time to my kids that they needed, Not for me, necessarily, or even for the two of us, but to equip them to be great parents and to live life with wisdom. And as far as friendships go, especially among brothers in Christ, I'd want to be like the old Tim McGraw song, a friend that a friend would like to have. A lifetime well-lived will be a lifetime filled with love, love shared and love received. I would want to say that I used my life, my resources, helping people. And I know that's what will matter most to me in the end, as far as people are concerned. I would hope that I lived a life where financially I was responsible, where I worked hard at whatever my occupation was. For me, it's ministerial work, that I had really devoted myself to that and done the best that I could for myself and my family and also in the work itself. It's foolish to say, well, if I wanted to live a perfect lifetime, I would just pray all the time and stay home with my family and never work. We've got to work. We ought to save and plan and do good things for our immediate benefit, for helping others, and for what we leave for our family when we're done. A well-lived lifetime would have a lot of hours of labor, but for the right purpose and enjoyed responsibly. And then fitness I would hope that my lifetime isn't shortened by the fact that I just refused to take care of myself, that donuts were just too awesome, and I ignored all of what I could have done. I'm not saying the lifetime has to be long, that if I get sick when I'm in my younger adult years or something happens to me that it's all a failure, but I think a life well-lived would be one that attended to my own physical needs for any variety of reasons, and I would be disappointed. If I got to the end of my life and I just had lower quality and was unable to do my best because I didn't give proper disciplined attention to the vessel that God gave me. Now look, we could add other elements to that, but the ones I've given you, I think I've put them in my personal priority list. I want to take care of my body and what I eat, but that's last for me. First is I must be in a relationship with Jesus. And as you'll hear in a minute, that means learning. I want to spend my whole life learning how to be more like him and how to love him more. Right behind that is my family, being for them what they need me to be, to give them the best chance to be good people and great servants of Christ. Then comes attention to friends and neighbors, then things like finance and fitness. And listen, I'm not saying that's what your list needs to be. I'm just asking you a lifetime well-lived. You get one shot at it. You come into consciousness. You get your act together launch out with energy, you engage in things, you can't do everything, you get to the end, you say, that went well overall. What does it look like? If you can do that, then the rest of this episode in terms of application is cake, or some keto-friendly equivalent. Live each day of your life to the best of your ability, from consciousness in the morning to laying it all down at night as a replica of what you think a great lifetime would be. But here's the tweak. It's not about me saying, look, if you'll do that, then you'll get that great lifetime. Forget about the great lifetime. I want you to have a great day. But if you are living the day in some twisted sense of priority with all this wastefulness and lack of focus, then you're probably not enjoying your days or they're not gaining momentum or they feel wasteful. And do you know why? Because they in no way represent the lifetime you hope to live. Make them become the lifetime you want to live one day at a time. For me, the benefit is not where I'm going. The benefit is where I am. The benefit is today. People talk about I'm living my best life. Look, I pray that you are, but the guy talking to you now is living his best life. And do you know how I'm getting there? I'm trying to make every day mimic what I believe the best life should be. And the result is a lot of great days, not all great days. There are things outside of your scope of power. In a lifetime, there are things that happen that get in the way of what you're trying to build. But the point is, you're still trying to build it, and you get right back to it as quickly as you can. Some of this daily lifetime business, for me, has really come together because of the journaling. We released the Excel Still More journal about four years ago, and I've just been doing it every day it gives me a chance every morning to just sit down and decide what I want today to be. Kind of like when you're in college or in high school and you're trying to plan out what you want your life to be, except I actually know a few things about what's important that I didn't know in my real lifetime arc. I know I need God, so I start by reading a couple of chapters, a New Testament chapter and an Old Testament chapter. We have a Facebook group for that, Excel Still More, a chapter a day. And then I write a few prayers that help me connect to God in some unique ways and make sure that I've not only given everything of challenge and anxiety over to Him, but I've also asked for His help to live the day well. There's a section there where I lay out the schedule for the day, and oftentimes it has a lot of work in it. I work and you work, and as we said, that's a part of this. But I cannot let that dominate my day. I will not let that dominate any day because I already know that there are things more important than that to me. After connecting to the Lord, it's connecting with my wife and kids. Maybe I write down a little time I'll spend with them in the morning under my daily highlight section. Maybe it's a super busy morning and I can't even see them, but maybe in the evening I'll set aside an hour for us to play cards or go shoot hoops or play pickleball. By the way, bonus content, I know that work-family balance is particularly tough in some life stages. But if that's the case for you, just make sure you use your weekends really, really well, For the people who matter most. Getting back to the right vision for the day, I try to look for opportunities to interact with one or two friends, people that I need, or people who need me. I'll even write down their names until I've texted them or called them. There may be some financial goals I'm working towards, but being responsible feels like a well lived day with my money and my body. And unlike years past, I'm just looking for a way to learn. I just want to learn something learn something about the Bible learn something about my wife, learn something needful about what's happening in the world. When you stop learning, you stop living, even if you're still walking around in the same old shoes. Look, you don't have to journal, but I am encouraging you, like so many people have done in years past, to live in daytime increments, to seize the day, to make the most of the time that you've got, to wake up in the morning thanking God that he has brought you into consciousness with energy to use, and use it today like you hope you use it for the duration of your life. Add balance and priority to today just like you hope exists in your life. And while we haven't really worded it this way, what if today is the last day of your life? Your last chance to live this life here in the right kind of way. I could scare you into having a great day by telling you that this may be the last one that you get, but I hope you get a bunch of them. I just hope you live them all that same way. Will you think about it today? Start with what do you want your lifetime to look like and try to make it happen in its best form every day and on repeat. And give me feedback. I would love to hear how this is working for you as you go about making the most of your daily lifetime. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over these five seasons is that there's nothing as powerful in advertising as word of mouth sharing between friends. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 615-895-7773. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.